Hey there, mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, episode 27. I'm Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. It seems that laundry is definitely an area of overwhelm for all of you, because last week's episode about my 20-minute laundry routine was one of my highest downloaded episodes. I will be bringing you more episodes about the exact systems I use in my home, including next week's episode all about paper. Today, I'm thrilled to bring you an interview with Danny Watson. Danny is a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. She describes herself as a daughter of the king, wife, boy mom, and popcorn enthusiast. She's also the host of the number one ranked home design podcast, Fig and Farm at Home. What I love about Danny and why I invited her on the show is that she teaches busy moms with real homes and real budgets how to break free from the Pinterest perfect trap to create a home that tells their story with their style. She also grew up in a cluttered environment and this really influenced her approach to design and decorating. As we are decluttering, we want to keep in mind what is most important to us. And that includes asking ourselves how we want to feel in our home and what story we want our home to tell. Danny believes that homes are a canvas for storytelling and learning how to intentionally decorate your home can help make it feel like the restful haven you want it to be, not a cluttered, overwhelming place. And spoiler alert, the secret to intentional design is not buying every throw pillow you can find at Home Goods or Target. If you are interested in learning more from Danny, I've linked to her podcast and her free Facebook group in the show notes. I've also provided a link to her course, Design 101, which is launching on March 16th, 2023. So what do you say? Grab that notebook and pen, and let's dive into today's conversation with Danny Watson. Hey there, mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home calendar and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. Well, hi, Danny. Thank you so much for coming on the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast today. I'm so happy to have you. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat today. Yeah. So you and I connected in the podcasting space. We both were in this mastermind together, I guess you call it intensive coaching. And, um, I have just been so blessed to meet you and some of the other people uh, through that. And I was hoping that you could introduce yourself, tell us a little about you, your family, and kind of how you spend your days, I guess. Oh, ooh, that's, oh gosh, that's a loaded question, Emily. So yeah, my name is Danny Watson. I am a former first grade teacher turned home decorator, and I transitioned from teaching formally or traditionally, I should say, into running my own business when 
my, when I wanted to stay home with my babies and I have three boys, they are now not babies. They are 15, 13 and 11. And I haven't gone back to the traditional classroom because I absolutely love to kind of manage my own time and be available for all the field trips, all the things, even running the forgotten lunch back to school. So, um, you know, I kind of fell into this idea of home decorating. Uh, naturally, I didn't expect it. I didn't plan it. I didn't go to school for it. It just kind of fell into my lap and I'm so blessed by it. So I have a podcast called Fig and Farm at Home where we do home design on a budget. And um, it is just so much fun to bless these mamas with the ability to decorate their homes in a way that they really just don't have to take out a second mortgage or have more than they need to do it. Yes. And I really appreciate you have a very like down to earth, realistic, uh, approachable way of speaking to moms. And I have told you, I know this might be considered a limiting belief, but I feel like I have a gene missing, <laughs> which is like the design gene. I just, I just kind of don't care very much. Um, I just want it to be, you know, tidy and comfortable and be the home that I want and in alignment with my values and all of that stuff. But I know that some people, they have to like literally put on blinders when they go past like the home section and target. And I have never looked through that section. I don't think in my whole life, I don't think so. (laughs) It's just, I have a very different, um, I'm in a very different world. And that's why I'm so excited to to learn from you. And um, we're going to get into some of your recommendations and tips around intentional decorating and home decor in a minute. But I want to find out a little bit, just part of your journey um, from a simplifying, um, decluttering slash editing standpoint, and just what the catalyst was for you when you realized, because we're talking to our overwhelmed mama friends here, um, when you were overwhelmed or things were just too much. And you said, okay, something has to change. This can't be it. I need a simpler life. Can you walk us through that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I remember very distinctly just a few years ago thinking I would, well, I would always get really overwhelmed. Like my body would just feel overwhelmed when I felt encumbered. I called it drowning. Honestly, I felt like I was drowning by stuff. I would look around and every flat surface in my space, in my visual field was just completely full. It just like kids backpacks and, you know, the normal things, but then the extra things. And it didn't help Emily that I had, I was running this business on the side and I created a lot in order to kind of fulfill my shop's inventory. And so all of the craft stuff was out. But one day, and this was, of course, when my kids were a little bit littler. So, you know, it was a little harder to say, hey, go put your stuff away. Man, you know, managing that was just a little bit more. But one day, my best friend was visiting. She was visiting from out of state and she needed to come into my office to have a private phone conversation. I was mortified that she came in there because, I mean, I love her dearly. She knows me in and out, but my office is the dumping ground. If you can imagine a junk drawer, my office was that junk drawer. It's right inside of the garage door. It is right outside of the living room. And it is the catch-all place for when people come over. And in order to, so it's my office, right? I'm a, I'm a creative. I 
was sewing at the time to produce product for my shop. I was not yet doing the podcast, but I was trying to get a blog up and running. I was needing space to do the things. And every time I would have to go and sit down, I would have to move a pile in order to make room for the next pile that needed to be moved from the craft closet in order to, it was just managing stuff. But when she came over and needed to sit in my space, it just felt like a, I don't know, the blinders were removed, the spotlight was on, and it just became so apparent that this was not okay. I I was managing stuff and not letting not having the room I needed for me to be using the way I needed it to be. And, and then I go back to that feeling of like feeling overwhelmed, that visceral feeling that just felt heavy. And like, it always felt dramatic. Like I'm drowning and stuff, that feeling of it, you know, and expressing myself that way felt like I was being overdramatic. But as I sat with it and I kind of even went back to my childhood and thought, no, this is actually something that I was raised in, you know, having a a home growing up, there were six kids living in a small home and a mom who loved to craft and didn't have enough space to store her stuff. She, she wasn't a hoarder, but she definitely didn't prioritize, didn't prioritize the internal side of the home. And there was stuff everywhere, Emily. And I was so embarrassed all the time to invite my friends over. I never did. And if I did, they were my closest, dearest. I knew they wouldn't judge me friends. And I finally, in that moment of having my friend in my office and realizing that this is what was happening in my past, I did not want to move forward having that same feeling of that childhood. I didn't want to not invite my friends over or expect them unexpectedly at my door and think, I'm so embarrassed that you're here. And let me make every excuse for why it's not the way it should be. So That was really my aha moment and fast forward into this podcasting journey and this blogging journey and this home decorating thing. I think that's a missing piece actually in the home decorating world is this idea that you actually, before you can make any beautiful changes in your home, you have to start with getting rid of stuff. I mean, we, you know, you're, you talk about it all the time on your podcast that we are in an epidemic here. We have too much stuff in our culture. You can see it when you drive down the road and see how many storage facilities popping up here and there. And so that is my very first step. Honestly, when I talk with a home owner, when they want to decorate, if they come to me and they say, I want to make my wall beautiful. I want to make my home beautiful we actually have to go back to the beginning and say, let's talk about all the stuff here. Yeah. I think, thank you for sharing um, that story and what you were describing, like the pile moving and the (laughs) stuff, the stuff shuffle I've heard it called before. And I've heard that from so many women that we forget, you know, sometimes all the time and energy that that takes up. And then, you know, today I'm having, um, after we record, we're having a play date with my son's friend and, you know, his mom is here and, you know, that's always, sometimes I think something where moms are kind of like, Oh, you know, that someone's going to see my house. And, um, I have a little bit of that, that, cause I have two boys. So the bathrooms are usually the oh, issue. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but she's like, oh, I get it. And also it's like, I know that I am not having to shove things in a closet or shove things in an entire room, because that is that you don't want to have that feeling, you know, in your body when you're 
bringing people over. Um, and when you're talking about, you know, kind of the missing piece for home decoration, I feel like professional organizers, it's similar for them as well, because um, I think it's changed, but at least probably prior, there wasn't really a thought to, okay, let's edit or, you know, let's declutter first. It was more, okay, let's just get you a better organizing system or a better, you know, number of bins from container store or whatever. And as you were saying, you can't make something beautiful or functional or anything like that, unless you are able to get rid of the excess and really, you know, come to it from an intentional place. So um, I guess with that in mind, I would love some tips for my mama friends who are either looking to edit what they have in their own homes because they realize, you know, they have the 20 bins of Christmas decorations and it's just such a pain to get in and out, but also for stuff coming in where they feel the siren song of home goods or they go to Target. They're like, I am going to get these groceries and I'm getting out of here. And they come in and they're like, oh, Joanna Gaines, you're so pretty. And I want to have what you have. (laughs) Let me get all the Magnolia home stuff I can fit in this cart. So can you uh, walk us through some suggestions for our mamas, unlike me, that struggle with some of the home decor side? Oh, okay. First of all, I want to just go back to that point where you said, I'm missing that design gene. (laughs) I have heard that from other women and um, you can learn, you can learn how to create a beautiful home that you delight in visually, right? And you are doing the decluttering piece. And that is so, so important. So all of your listeners, listen to Emily, follow that advice. And then we start with this because if we walked into decorating our home without removing the clutter, it would be like putting lipstick on a pig. That is what it would be like. And, you know, a lot of times, especially since we are recording this before Christmas, this is an example for everyone really. But what happens is we get our Christmas bins out and we try to put all of the things on the shelves and all of the things out and about And what we don't do is remove the stuff that is there first and take it away, start with a blank slate and then put the Christmas stuff up that we want, that we feel like it is now receiving that place of kind of glory or honor or whatever. It's, it's getting its turn. Right. And when we add layer upon layer upon layer in the Christmas realm, it just continues to look super cluttered. So that is the very first step is make sure around Christmas specifically is it's okay. Take down the picture, take down the stuff from your mantle, take down the stuff that you are wanting to make pretty and then add the Christmas. But my very first thing, and I bet you say this too, Emily, to your listeners is it is absolutely okay to bless it and release it. If you are opening your Christmas bin and you are on your 10th bin and you now look at this thing that you've unwrapped and you say, I don't really want it out this year. It is absolutely okay to say, I'm going to let this go and be a blessing for someone else to let this live in another person's home and give it and give it away. Donate it. That is my very first tip is it is okay. And it is also okay that if you do have all those bins, they do not need to come out and live on your shelf right now. So, you know, when, how many bins do you have Emily for Christmas? Just out of curiosity. Who? Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking about it because yeah. And that includes all the ornaments and yeah. And it's because there's only one 
section of our house, which is our living room. And really that's the only area that we decorate and I'm in a townhouse. So it's like, that's fine. I don't feel the need to decorate the basement or decorate the upstairs where the bedrooms are. Right. Yeah. And I am a home decorator and I have, I have two bins of decorations, one of lights, and then I have a, a Christmas tree. So that's four things. And I do put things in my Christmas tree box, but you know, creating more store, like if I get something new, if, if I do go to home goods or I stop by target and I find something new that I just can't pass up, I am not going to create more storage space at the end of the Christmas season. I'm, I am limiting what I'm, I'm holding onto in that storage space. So I'm not creating more, I'm using what I have and what that means for me. And this, this translate for me too, in when I'm, shopping for my clothing, when I'm helping my kiddos shop for their clothing or things like that. If I buy something and I bring it into my home, I'm getting rid of two things. That's kind of my personal rule. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it doesn't you know, happen like that, but that is my personal rule. But to get to your point about what happens when we get that tug that I am in Target and like the magnet pull, right? I have to go down that aisle <laughs> and I have to stop at home goods. You know, decorating is all about intentionality and you are telling your family's story. I hope, I hope you're telling your family's story. And one, one thing that really can, that I always say to my, my listeners is your home is a canvas for storytelling. And right now, whether you are intentional about it or not, your home is saying something. It just is. And it could be, I mean, whatever it is, it could, it could be very minimal. And you could think your home is communicating. I don't really invest a lot. I don't really care about things. It could be overstuffed. And what your home could be communicating is I have a shopping problem or your home could be gorgeous and spotless. And what it could be communicating is I have what looks like I've got my stuff put together, whatever it is, it's communicating something, but as intentional storytellers, we want it to communicate our story, right? We want it to communicate our family's history, our legacy. We want it to communicate the things that are important to us. And so a few ways to do that while making sure that we're not being drawn into the target thing and the home goods poll and all that is as you're designing your home to have an intentional idea of what you want your home to say. And then every piece you bring into it should be pointing back to that intentionality. And you know what I, what I, it's, there's so much Emily and I'm pausing right now in my conversation because there's so much to it. There's so much learning to happen into, in, you know, how do you choose what you want your room to say, or your home to say, or what you want it to feel like? There's so much to that. But one thing is really identifying your style, first of all. And when you can really hone in on your style and your style is more than Joanna Gaines, your style is more than farmhouse. Your style is more than nautical or, you know, those big global decorating terms we hear all the time. It is as unique to you as your finger, 
fingerprint, really. So your style is Emily. My style is Danny. And what does that look like? It can have pieces of minimal farmhouse, Scandinavian boho, but it also has a feeling word. And that feeling word could be cozy or playful or whatever. And when you hone in on that, and you're really, really intentional about what your personal design style is, then when you go to Target, then when you go to Home Goods, then when you go to all the places, you can walk past those beautiful aisles, those really fun aisles that I like to go to. <laughs> and you can appreciate what you see, but you don't have to bring it all home. So it really goes down to being intentional and understanding your aesthetic. Because what happens to, and Emily, stop me any point along this conversation, but what happens too is a lot of times as homeowners or decorators or you know people who want the pretty thing, uh, what happens is we get stuck in indecision and frustration and we don't know what to choose because we don't know what our personal style is. We don't know that well enough to be able to stop ourselves from purchasing or making the wrong choice or, you know, there's so many things that can happen. You misspend, you purchase and you don't know how to use it, all the things. Yeah. Something clicked while you were talking about that because here I am thinking, oh, I don't have the, the design gene, so I can't really, but I can actually, because when it comes to buying clothes, you have a personal style around your clothing. Yeah. And one of the things that I got recently, I'm not um, an affiliate or anything, but it's called your color guru. And it's like, they help you with your coloring and what colors work best for you and kind of a more modern way, not like the eighties yeah. way or whatever, when it's like summer and autumn and the whole thing. That's been really helpful for me because I actually have a color card. And if I go shopping then I know exactly what colors work for me and what don't. And so I can selectively ignore yeah. the things that don't fit in with this particular color palette. Yeah. And I also know what styles work for me in my lifestyle and, you know, the things that I do on a daily basis. So I kind of do that with clothing and I can be intentional, not get overwhelmed, and then really be able to focus on the things that are going to work for me with clothing. So I guess I kind of do that already. You do. And, you know, I'm going to just jump into what you just said. You, you mentioned a couple key things and one is a color palette. And that is a really intentional decision when you are creating your home space that you love, right? And having that color palette that you, that you create can help you not only create a home that looks cohesive, but it helps point that arrow back to the intentionality. So you know that if your color palette is predominantly whites, blues, and greens, you know that those pink things over there, that's cute, but we don't necessarily need it. Just like your clothing. Yeah. The other thing that you were mentioning that I've spoken about a lot on my podcast is this container concept or the container rule where it's like, okay, if I have the two bins for the decorations, whatever that might be, then when you find something you like, you're switching it out. So it's still the same amount of real estate, like you said, within your home, and that can really go for, for anything. So when you are sure that what you have right now, okay, I'm happy with what I have, but if you're looking, then you're not uh, continuing to add and add and add. And then before you know it, your storage spaces are completely cluttered right. and everything like that. So I think that that's a really helpful um, mindset shift to have. And I guess that I know you talked a little bit about this, but 
Is there any other suggestions that you would have from an intentional purchasing standpoint where you recommend to your uh, listeners or to your clients that they are shopping within other kind of constraints, whether that be budgetary or otherwise, so that they can be super intentional on that budget? Because I know you talk about that. Because I think otherwise it is easy for people to get kind of carried away. And, you know, I hear from so many moms, it's kind of like, I don't know how this stuff ends up in my house. (laughs) And all of a sudden I, you know, I go and I want to get the one thing and I get all these other things and the credit card bills, and then it causes strain within your relationship. So how do you recommend um, someone start as far as on the financial side, kind of creating that budget around their decor? Love it. Okay. I'm going to answer that in just a uh, second. Can I go back to that storage container? Um, yeah. Mentioned? Because something just clicked for me that I think will resonate with your listeners. And that is the idea. If we can understand what you talk about on your podcast, this idea that you don't want to have more, you don't want to ever create more storage space for what you already have. If you think about your couch, for example, as a storage space, you know, you only have so many room, so much room for pillows, right? And if you have the, the four pillows, five pillows, whatever number you have, then when you go out to go shopping, do you need the other pillow? You know what I mean? So if you think about the things that you're decorating with your chair, your, your blanket basket, all of those in and of themselves are storage containers. So your listeners can think about it that way too, to help mitigate that idea of shopping for for excess. But in terms of budget, this is also very intentional, Emily. So, and it will help your listeners save money in the, in the long run. So my, my program, how I, how I work this is we, you know, start with decluttering first, we get rid of what it is we want to, that just doesn't serve us that we are, when we are serving our stuff, it just becomes problematic. We want to have a home that serves us delights us so that we can have more time with our kids, our family, the people we want to bring into our home. After that, when you're starting with a room, you need to know what the room is doing for you. And sometimes that is identifying the pieces that are doing the job that needs to do like a coffee table, for example, or a dining table, or the things that aren't doing the job, the things that are excessive already in your current home. So if you have a corner shelf that is just hanging out there, what's it doing for you? Is it working for you or is it just a thing and being intentional about keeping it or not kind of creating the the start of the plan. And then once you learn and understand your design style, your unique design style, that's when you can start deciding how you might want to make change in your home. Right? So if you start, if you start by identifying your style, you start recognizing the design elements that you have that are pointing back to the intentionality of the thing that you want, right? The home you want, like the, you're starting starting then to pay attention to the colors you choose, the metals you choose, the wood tones, how many you have, all of that. And then really it comes down to creating a plan. So you can't really have a plan for purchasing, for making big change, even just the couch will say, you need to have a plan first before you make that. And a lot of us <clears throat> get stuck in this idea of going out and finding finding it because it's on sale. And when we do that, we get so stuck. So imagine doing that with a pillow. That's a maybe $25 purchase, 50 if we're really exorbitant. But you do that with a couch and you then are stuck. 
because you have overspent, you can't change it. If you realize once you're on that road of an intentionality in, in terms of choosing decor that is cohesive and all that, you can be limited and kind of handcuffed and bound to this expensive purchase that now is bringing you down. And when you don't make a plan in the beginning, let's say that that hindrance is your couch. Sometimes you want to make the small purchases, the quick home goods stop, the quick stop at Target, because you're wanting to fix the big problem, which is the couch that you purchased without a plan in the first place. And so it's it's really kind of a, a dance that is is easy to remediate if you if you start with a plan. And when you can start with a plan, the changes that you can make don't have to be the thousand dollar changes. They don't have to be the $2,500 changes. They literally can be the paint on your wall. They literally can be, you know, the, the layer you add with curtains or whatever, but it really comes down to making a plan and knowing the end goal so that you can reverse engineer. I mean, you hear that term all the time in the business space, right? And and it's like that with decorating too. So starting with the overall plan. And of course, like, I feel like I could have, you know, be on here. I, I could, I could be on here and teach you every single step along the way. That's what my course is about, honestly. So, <laughs> but so buy the course, <laughs> come and join the course. But, you know, it's just one of those, you, you really have to know where you're starting and know where you're going so that the steps along the way make sense. But yeah making a plan. Wow. That is great. And I really encourage listeners, if you are like me, kind of fascinated by this and very interested in it to check out Danny's podcast. It is fabulous. Even for me, where I'm sometimes feeling like it's a foreign language, I'm trying, (laughs) but you have such a, like I said, down to earth, practical approach. Um, But the intentionality is something I feel like you don't always find in that space. So I really appreciate that. Could you, Danny, tell us how everyone can connect with you? Cause I know they'll want to besides the podcast and um, where people can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So of course the easiest way is on my podcast and that's on any major podcast player and it's called fig and farm at home. They can also find me on my website, fig and farm at home.com, or they can hang out with me on Instagram. It's kind of my silly little antics here and there. And that is just at Fig and Farm. So I'm in lots of the places. And then we do, of course, have a Facebook community where we are serving and diving in deep with with these mamas. So they can find me there. I'll, I'll give you that link. Wonderful. And I'll be in the show notes. So thank you so much, Danny. It was wonderful talking with you. And I can't wait for my listeners to connect with you more and learn all the things about home decor and intentionality. So thank you again. You're welcome. Thanks so much, Emily. If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact, but 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.